I come from a really strong Christian background, and my dad was a colonel in the Air Force. He talked about communism at the dinner table. And, you know, I rolled my eyes at him then because I was like a teeny bopper, but I was I was listening. And now that I'm faced with, oh my gosh, my basic rights to freedom are being put at risk here. And it's subtle because people just say, oh, it's just about the vaccine. It's like, but is it? It's subtle, right? And so that's why I said, you know what? I have to stand up for what's right here. I have to be true to what my beliefs are, even if it means I lose my job and lose my security. Episode 64 with Tori Jensen, a registered nurse who was fired from Kaiser Permanente out in San Diego. You might have seen her. Her video went viral. She was walking out with a security guard who was escorting her out because she was denied a religious exemption from the COVID-19 vaccine. Like she mentioned in our conversation, who's, who's the god in HR that decides who deserves a religious exemption or not? <laughs> The world is a wild place right now. Tori was brave enough to walk out on her job. Uh, She did it while filming it and put it on her social media. It went viral. She got a bunch of deserved attention. And here we are today where she gives us some more detail on all of it and what she's going to do to Kaiser Permanente. Please, before we get there, if you enjoy this episode, go on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, five stars. It's much appreciated. Let's get to episode 64 with Tori Jansen. Here we go. You're making the rounds, and it's it's beautiful to see. Getting some good attention from that video that you put on Instagram. Did you think it was going to get this type of attention? Not even close. It was just something that I wanted to do. When I received my denial, I was at work all day. So I stayed there for eight hours. I, I showed up to work at 7 in the morning at 1045. My manager asked me to check my email, and I got a denial of my for my religious exemption from the COVID-19 vaccine. And so I was there pushing back and asking questions for eight hours. And during that time, I videoed a lot of what was happening um, just to kind of raise awareness because people were kind of in disbelief that they're actually going to let me go. And uh, so on my way out, I said, you know what? People need to know that what's happening. And so this is just my little way, (laughs) my little way. I didn't think it was going to get much attention, but I kind of wanted to do it for my kids too, just to be like, this is what happened to mom. You know, this is really happening in America. Now, were there any others in your boat in regards to a religious exemption? Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of us, actually. I can only speak to the people that I know kind of personally in uh, my area. I'm in San Diego. So there's a lot of people who have submitted religious exemptions through Kaiser Permanente to keep working there um, and a lot that have been provisionally approved. Provisional, that word being really crucial there because I had a provisional approval for my exemption back in September and then October they sent me a bunch of additional harassing questions and then a week later I was denied. So there's like there's a good portion of people who are who have been denied and then there's a good portion of people who their religious exemptions have been provisionally approved two or even three times. Those who got denied, did they then take the shot or did they walk away like you? I think it's a mixed bag. I um, Unfortunately, I work with some people who don't have very many options. They're like, in particular, I work with a single mom and she did not want to take the vaccine and she ended up doing it. She's like, I can't afford to lose my job. I literally 
need this job to take care of my family. And so in some ways, I mean, I'm really standing up for those people too, who don't feel like they have a voice. My husband and I are totally united on this front. He's a fireman, has not been mandated or um, asked to submit an exemption at this time. So we feel very fortunate in that regard. But he and I said, decided a while ago that this is absolute violation of our freedom, especially to religious freedom. And then it was worth protecting. What made you want to be a nurse? Oh, gosh, Mike, you want to know the real answer? Yes. So I, <laughs> so I, I'm a registered dietitian. That's what I did. That was my first job out of college. So I worked at a hospital and I went into management kind of quickly, like in the hospital for the nutrition department and quickly realized that I would rather be kind of like one of the, the people on the floor working. And so I actually went back to nursing school because uh, you can only you work three days a week and it's full time and the pay is a lot better. So that's really why I got into it. But it actually is such it's been such a blessing. It's a privilege. It is a, a calling, really. Um, I No two days are the same. You get to meet a million people. It's challenging um, and it's really rewarding. So I actually, you know, I went into it for the wrong reasons, but came out on the other side, just like really grateful. And how long was nursing school for you? I did an accelerated program. I think it was 14 months because I had already had a, a degree previously. Take us through that day. I know you mentioned you were talking to HR about, you know, your religious religious exemption. And there's a video of you that you're getting escorted by a security guard. Did you know that that was coming that day? No. I mean, like I said, I showed up to work that day. So it was... A complete shock. When I received the denial letter, they just asked me, they were like, well, we don't really know what to do with you. My manager, I felt really bad for her. She's an amazing woman. They hadn't really told her that this was going to happen. And they they asked me to follow up with HR at home. But first they asked me to finish my shift, mm. which was really funny. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, you're putting, we're putting you off on unpaid administrative leave, but we didn't plan this very well. So you're, we're going to be short staffed if you go home right now. So you, can you finish your shift? And I was like, <laughs> I said, yeah, if you want to give me a letter reinstating me, I'm happy to finish my shift. Like I, that's what I showed up here to do today. So then they said, oh yeah, you're right. That's a, we're in a bit of a pickle. So <laughs> But so then they encouraged me to go home and follow up with HR. And everybody knows as soon as you go home and follow up with HR, you just become a number because I found out there is actually no HR office in my hospital. There's no physical place where I can go speak to someone and say, hey, this happened to me. Like, I don't I feel like my rights have been violated. Can I can we talk about it? So I just got the runaround on the phone all day long. Everyone was just pointing fingers at each other. The nursing administration spoke with me several different times that I basically was in violation of their policy. And I reminded them that I had been following policy the entire time. I was asked to submit an exemption, which I did. And then I was asked to test twice weekly, which I did. And so I said, just so you guys know, I feel like my First Amendment rights to religious freedom are being violated. And I had just done the night. It's so ironic how all this happens. But the night before I received my denial letter, I had just finished doing like harassment training, like the yearly annual harassment training you have to do for Kaiser. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I said, actually, I feel very well versed in this area. <laughs> I just did my harassment training last night. But anyway, so I was there for eight hours and I decided, you know what? They told me they, get, they basically gave me an ultimatum. They said, you're going to need to leave. And I said, well, I'm not leaving until I get some answers. I want to talk to the random HR person 
that made that judgment on my religious beliefs. I want to talk to them. I want to share Jesus with them. That's truly how I live my life. How I make all my decisions is being prayerful about, especially big ones like this that are going to affect my life and my family's life. And I never got that opportunity. So I, it really was like mild. I said, Hey, I'm not leaving so you can escort me out, but like, I'm not leaving until I get answers. Like I'll just sleep here if I have to. And so they said, okay. The security guard was a class act. Actually. He, he had no idea what was happening. I think he had just gotten on shift for the night. shift. (laughs) He's like, he's like, Oh, we got a, we have a situation on the sixth floor. Okay. Uh, (laughs) some, (laughs) some uh, angry nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, look, Look, you're more safe than anybody getting tested twice a week. Those who have the jab can still give it to others. They can still carry it. And they're giving you crap for getting tested twice a week, which I'm sure you had a bunch of negative tests. Did you, by the way, did you have COVID throughout any of this? So I have been on a COVID floor since day one. Like when they, in the very beginning, they wouldn't even let us wear masks. This is super funny and ironic. If you work in a hospital, you may have experienced this too, because they said we were scaring people. Mm. So we show up to work, you know, people say like, there's a pandemic happening. There's this virus we don't know anything about, but nurses aren't allowed to wear masks. And I, I always actually wear a like surgical mask because I don't get the flu shot and I don't get sick anymore from like, you know, just little, you come in for like a routine surgery, but you have a little cold. And anyway, so that was my normal practice, but I just think it's really ironic. I feel really comfortable confident that I wasn't putting my immunocompromised patients at risk because I wore an N95 almost all the time and I was getting tested twice a week. So throughout this entire pandemic, to my knowledge, I never got COVID. So I never gave it to anyone. And I was in high risk, high exposure situations every single week. Wow. So the California mandate we all know about, Kaiser Permanente, could they have gone away from those mandates? Was it their decision to make? So I actually, I don't know, but I've been told that Kaiser has been the one that's pushing these mandates for the government. So they currently have, there's a, um, a lawsuit against them right now for basically illegal action um, where they are in bed with the government pushing these mandates. Now, I don't, I can't speak to the specifics on that, but they are absolutely for the mandates. And I truly believe that they will accept no religious exemptions at the end of the day. But that's just my, that's just, you know, that's, I'm just some, that's just a guess. But um, it's interesting because I actually, if you think about it, why would you even pose, give people the option to have a religious exemption if you're not going to accept 100% of them? So this whole process of evaluating whether or not I have a real sincere belief that prevents me from getting a COVID-19 vaccine is it's kind of ludicrous. It's like, who is that person playing God in HR saying, oh yeah, hers, hers looks good. Or, oh no, I don't think they're legit. Like tossing them in piles. Like I, it seems ridiculous. The whole thing is, is dumb, Tori. I mean, the whole thing is dumb. It's, it's not even about the virus anymore, right? Your survival rate is, is 99.996%. Those who have gotten the shot early on can now show a card to go and get a latte, but when they got the shot, it was eight months ago. Supposedly, it only lasts six months. So, if you don't have a booster, you can you 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 can still probably get it. You can still get it even if you have the shots. 
but I have this card to show that I can walk in. So it's not about the virus. It's got nothing to do with the virus itself. There's other things that are going on. And have you thought about those other things? What do you think the, the end game is? Oh my gosh, that animal seems too big and crazy for me. I don't even know because it, it doesn't, it does the things that they're asking don't really make sense to me. Like just from a logical perspective, I know you're up in LA too, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy up there. You and I are both in Southern California, which, you know, it's really interesting because kind of the pushback for these mandates is in Southern California. Like no mistake there. It's because we, we have some of the strictest uh, protocol for uh, mandating the vaccine. But yeah, it seems so ridiculous that I could have a negative test, but I, <laughs> but my, my friend who's vaccinated could, t- their immunity could have totally waned at this point. And no one's, no one's caring about that. So when are they going to start caring? When are they going to start mandating booster shots for everybody that got it last year? Like it, that's kind of what's coming next. I feel like, cause it's definitely coming in healthcare because that, so those eight hours that I was there that day, I, I'm telling you, it was a total, like I had total peace about the whole situation that I just felt like I was able to speak truth to a lot of people in the sense that, hey, look what's happening. You know me, you work with me, you may not agree with my decision not to get vaccinated, but I'm a person I've worked alongside you this whole time. I have my own belief system and they respect people respect that my choice that I made not to get vaccinated for religious reasons. And they were like, this is illegal. All these people that disagree with what I'm doing, they said, I can't believe this is happening. Is this going, the question that I got asked over and over again is, is this going to happen to me when I don't want to get the booster? And I said, yeah, probably. Or anything what else. What are you going to do? Or anything else. It's, yeah. it's like, if you're going to follow this, you're going to follow anything, we pull. And by the way, if there's such a pandemic that's going on today, if there's such a pandemic and people are dying from this virus, which it, it's true, there is a virus, we all know that. But if there was such a pandemic, why are they getting rid of those who save lives? It's a great question. Doesn't make any sense. Right. So is it really about this virus? I mean, are we, we really talking, you know, apples to apples here? I don't think so. By the way, your coworkers or friends, anybody just tell you, hey, just get the thing and move on? Yes. Oh, yeah. So many people. But you know what, Mike? I And I looked a little bit of your, um, you and I are kind of new to each other. We're just becoming friends. But I looked at your platform and I, <laughs> I saw your video. You have a video on Instagram of a kid mowing yeah. the lawn. And you're like, his parents are preparing him for a life of success or something like mm-hmm. that. I know. So- my convictions, this started young for me. I come from a really strong Christian background and my dad was a colonel in the Air Force. He talked about communism at the dinner table. And, you know, I rolled my eyes at him then because I was like a teeny bopper, but I was, I was listening. And now that I'm faced with, oh my gosh, my basic rights to freedom are being put at risk here. And it's subtle because people just say, oh, it's just about the vaccine. It's like, but is it? It's subtle, right? And so that's why I said, you know what? I have to, I have to stand up for what's right here. I have to be true to what my beliefs are, even if it means I have I lose my job and lose my security. Protecting freedom, even your right to disagree with me, is important because I am standing up for freedom, not just for myself, not just for people who agree with where I am, but for those people in particular who disagree with me, because I want to live in a country where we can disagree freely. That's important. 
Tori, if you look at the steps of communism and socialism, these are the steps. This is how you get there. It's, it's how many people we can control by a shot. And that's where it starts. And people are, oh, but I, I want to go to a sporting event. No, I want to go and fly. I want to go and travel. I want to get my latte and not worry about it. I want to go to dinner and not worry about it. That is the that is step one or two, whatever it is, of communism. If you look that up, this is how it starts. This is how it works. The COVID-19, a real deal. Who knows how it was made? Whatever. It's, it, it was a virus. It is a virus. It's still happening. Whatever. But let's live in a hypothetical world for a second. Let's say that there's no media. Let's say there's no social media and people had to actually think for themselves. Let's say you're a nurse and every year you'd get a different variant of the flu. Would you have known the difference from the COVID flu to any other flu? Uh, it, I mean, yeah. In the early days, COVID was absolutely ravaging people. I mean, it was, and I have to say that firsthand, like it was different. I just never saw that with the flu, but I also wasn't a nurse during like um, H1N1 or um, the SARS outbreak, like earlier, I wasn't a nurse then. Um, so, but you, what you saw is you'd show up to work at like in the morning, you get report and they'd be, you know, like on two liters of oxygen. And by the end of the day, they were being transferred to be intubated in the ICU. And you just, we just saw people circling the drain so quickly and it was terrifying. And that is, and because we didn't really have good treatments in the beginning, they they were just like throwing everything at it to see what would stick. But now we have really good treatments or we, or we, know, we understand, we know so much more about what we're dealing with, but yeah, it, it was, it's different. It's different. And I, it is scary to me to think about like where we're headed with um, all the different variants. But at the end of the day, it's a numbers thing. Like I'm young and healthy and I, I really, I prayed about this decision a lot. I had two different appointments to get the vaccine. And I, and both, and I just was prayerful about it. And I said, you know what? Like at the end of the day, God was like, no, your God given immune system is sufficient for this. I exercise. And this is the other thing. So fear mongering, right? That we heard this whole time, fear, just be afraid, be afraid. And if you, if you make people afraid, you can control them. And it's really interesting how everyone's health and safety is really what has gotten us to be controlled. It's, it's really, I mean, it's not a surprise if you look back at it, but so I, I exercise, I eat lots of whole foods. Um, I take some supplements to boost my immune system. I try to sleep, get enough sleep at night. I try to do the things that I know are going to help my body fight naturally against these things, um, against infection. And I, I took that really seriously because I was literally on the front lines like walking in, especially in the beginning, we didn't even know if like we were going to, our masks really worked. Like I remember having those conversations, like we don't know how small a particle is. I mean, we're talking like early, early days. Right. And we're like, is it, are we opening the door and it's just like wafting out into the nurse, the hallways of the hospital? Are we just so screwed? Like <laughs> that's, you know, but, um, so I was like, I really took it seriously. Like, Hey, I, Either I have a I have a choice. I'm either going to stay at home scared and call in sick for my shifts, or I am, which is not it was never an option for me. Or I'm going to use the information I have, um, which is use the protection I have, right? The the masks and the in the PPE we have, and I'm going to do the that absolute best thing I can to to keep myself healthy. And then I'm going and I'm going to pray, and I'm not going to worry because. Literally, stress is the worst thing for your immune system. So I'm just going to walk in there, and and it's in God's hands. And that's kind of how I did the whole thing. Remember the good old days, my body, my choice? Yeah. 
I was like, yeah, that was like the, four months ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing those signs. The same people holding those signs. Exactly. It's different. It's different people holding those signs. Exactly. You mentioned you had two appointments for the vaccine shot. What were you? Why were you debating on getting the shot? Be to, to keep your job or to be protected? Yeah, this was early on. I was just kind of like, it was so. There was so much pressure to get it from my job and socially too, because everyone's like, you're killing granny if you don't get it. And I really never believed that because I was like, no, actually, and this is just personally, like I, and everyone who is all the nurses and doctors who I talked to, they're amazing people. They were giving me their best advice with all the information that they had been given. And that's fine. But I have a brain. I can think for myself. I can, I'm, I'm having to put myself in harm's way. So I'll thank you. I'll make my own decisions about what I put in my body. And so, yeah, there was a lot of pressure and I just, cause I was like, you know what, at the end of the day, like I, maybe, maybe it isn't that big of a deal. Maybe I'm waking way more of a big deal out of it. And then I, like I said, I just, I was prayerful about it. I had a lot of peace that God was like, no, you have a legit immune system. You've been doing this. You've been working in this COVID unit. You, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. So I, I can't speak for anybody else, but that's kind of, that is where I, that is how I landed on my decision. I was asked the other day what, what am I afraid of, you know, getting, getting the jab and it's not, I'm not afraid of needles. I'm more afraid of what's in it because I know what I'm putting in my body every day. Like you mentioned, I work out five times a week, sometimes six times a week. I know what I'm putting in my body. I eat relatively healthy. If I, I know I'm putting broccoli, I know I'm putting veggies, I know I'm putting fruit. I know I'm putting, you know, good stuff. I know when I'm putting a, a piece of cake in my body. And I don't know what's in that thing, one. And and two, I just don't feel good about it. And I think because they're pushing it so much, it makes it even worse. If they weren't pushing it as much, it would have felt a little bit better. You might think about it a little bit more. But uh, do you ever think that we'd be having this conversation 18 months ago when, when again, you were, you were saving lives, you were on, you were right there front line on the battlefield, and now you're getting fired for not taking a vaccine shot. It just is literally the upside down world. <laughs> it is, you know, I, and people are like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you would put people in harm's way like that. And I'm like, I can't believe you stayed home watching Netflix while I went into work every day and no one would watch my kids because my husband and I are both frontline workers. He's a fireman. So he's first responder. I'm like, people were terrified that we were going to bring COVID home to everyone. So you can keep your comments to yourself. That's fine. You can think what you want. This is America. That's the beautiful thing about this. I don't have to agree with you. And you don't have to understand what uh, the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. But this is my life. Is your father still alive? Oh, he's amazing. Oh yes. my gosh. What is that poor guy thinking now? Well, it's so funny because <laughs> people are like, wow, thanks for standing up for, for yourself. And I've been getting a lot of like positive feedback. And, and I go to my husband. I'm like, well, has anyone said to you yet? Like, oh, you've got to live with her. (laughs) Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, how do you, how did those disagreements in your family go? And it's funny because my parents are like, you've been outspoken your entire life. My, they were always pushing me to become a lawyer because I was always arguing so much when I was younger. And so it's like, it never went away. I just, I really date. My parents have always encouraged me to stand up for what I believe in and to do it in a respectful way. And I, Actually, so I've had I've been praying to get in the game because I am like, hey, I want to get involved. I want to I want to make this place a better place for my kids. I have a couple little kids and they're so impressionable and I want them to know 
and have the same opportunities that I did to free at freedom. And so I've been praying to get in the game. I had no idea that this is what God was preparing me for, but it felt like, yeah, I need to just like very plainly stand up for religious freedom because I've been educated on this. I need a history lesson or two. And so since all this has happened, I, people have told me, you know, religious freedom is the first freedom that uh, tyrannical governments take away because it's the one thing people of faith, there is something higher than the government and they don't want that. So they oppress religious freedom and suppress religious freedoms in order to take away the control or the the power that people think they have or the confidence. And so it's actually important for any of your listeners, if you're like, oh, that girl's a Bible thumper, like I can't get on a board with her, like thump, thump. Well, listen, if you believe in freedom, then you need to stand up for religious freedom. Mm-hmm. There isn't enough religion in the country, actually in the world, Tori. That's that's really the problem in our in our country. I don't really care about the rest of the world. Our country is is going the wrong way. And I think that it's not being taught. God isn't being taught in schools. God isn't being talked about at home. And religion is a big deal. It's a big deal. And you walk with God every day. And it sounds like you're you're making most of your decisions when you have conversations with him. And that's a good way to live. I agree. And you know when God talks to me the most is is when I'm running. So I it's such a gift. Like I relish that time and uh to because I th- truly think moving your body is like the greatest gift from God. Like we just not enough of us look at it that way. We look at it as something we have to do like to fit into our genes instead of this absolute gift that God gives us of moving our body and the benefits we get from that and the connection, just the time. I actually, I recently stopped running with my headphones because I just want to hear, I want to hear God's voice a little bit louder and it's been a total blessing. And I, because you, there is no noise, you know, when you, when you're out there in your, in your element and just, it's a, it's a gift. So I encourage people to look at it that way as opposed to something they have to do. It's something we get to do. Talk to me about that a little bit. Do you ask questions and then you receive them back? I'll tell you, like I straight up asked God, I was for, to hear his voice more clearly because I was reading in the Bible, like all this old Testament guys, like Moses, for example. And this is just funny because, you know, Moses was, God was talking to Moses and he was like, uh, I'm not your guy, God. Like, I'm not going to go to Pharaoh. Like I'm not well-spoken. I'm not your guy. Like, I'm not your guy. And God said, no, you're my guy. I'm going to provide for you. I, I will make the way for you to free my people. And anyway, so I'm in the Old Testament and and I was kind of pissed at God. Like, I want to hear you speak to me the way that you do. You speak to people in the Bible. And literally, the, like he, I was driving to work and I it hadn't I hadn't been partying or anything. It was li- but literally, and I say that because the next w- words that I heard like literally like someone was sitting next to me in the car where you need to give up alcohol. And I said, "Mm, this is not great timing, God. I'm going on vacation next week. This is not great timing. And so I didn't listen. And I said, okay, I'll I'll check that back there. I'll check that back there. But I don't think you're really that serious about it because I don't really have a drinking problem. I'm not sure how this relates. Like just, you know, just making every excuse in the book. And then I got really sick this July on a camping trip. Being sick on a camping trip is like, the seventh level of hell. Like it's like hot, your kids like yelling at you. You have no like creature comforts. (laughs) So, and, but I heard it again. God was like, you need to give up alcohol. And I said, okay, fine. Like stop me dead in my tracks. I said, I'm not sure 
how this relates, but I'm going to be obedient in this way. And um, because I don't think alcohol is inherently bad, but for whatever reason, God was calling me to be obedient in that way. And my life has literally been never been the same. I've been a Christian my entire life. It feels like I am, uh, the chains have been broken. I am literally reborn. I am like, I hear God loud and clear at all times. And I just, I am so thankful that I, that one act of obedience, it's not necessarily, I don't think anything, but really being obedient to God and being faithful, knowing that he is going to be there through our obedience. Yeah. You're more at peace. It's it's more of a yeah. peace thing, right? You feel good. Feel good yeah. about your decisions that you're making. Were you a social drinker or was drinking kind of um, your thing? No. Well, you know, at times in my life, drinking has probably been my thing. I'm sad to admit that, but when my kids are little and I like for moms out there, my gosh, my husband, so my husband works, you know, he's gone half the month. And when my kids were little, my, I probably drank too much. I probably drank like, you know, but it was socially acceptable. All moms, like if you look on the internet, there's all kinds of memes about moms, like drinking their way through their kids screaming, right? Which is, it's just something to, to a bandaid. It really doesn't fix the problem. But then, you know, it, there have been times like more recently um, where I have just felt like I've had like one or two drinks and then I don't remember conversations I've had with people. And I'm like, that's not, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that anymore for my life. And so, you know, it's not, but really it's the obedience. I was like, that I really think is God's like, Hey, if you're going to be obedient, I can use you, whatever that is. And I just feel like God's hand on my life right now and giving me absolute peace and laser focus to move forward and spread the message of um, freedom. It's beautiful. I'm happy for you. I want to go back to your dad real quick. Uh, what does he think about our country nowadays? He's sad. He, my dad is sad that he feels like we're missing the mark that we're pissing away all of the things that he fought for. He fought in the cold war. And then my grandfather fought in world war two. And it's that, that we don't have our eye on like what's proper because if you protect, so America is a broken country, right? It's a broken, it, it was built by broken men, but it's, it's still amazing. It, like I said, we are imperfect people all running this country, but we need to protect freedom because freedom protects like our, our religious beliefs like we ha- it's so it's so important that we protect what we fought for the way that the the dream that the four their forefathers had for this country to be different because it is different here he wants to continue to protect it and you know i have to say like he feels a little he wants to get in the game too he was totally in the game when he was a b52 pilot you know um sitting alert waiting to scramble and have to go fight communism but I think a lot of us feel like, well, what can we do right now? What can we do? I mean, if we, we're feeling helpless, we're, but I just want to encourage you that in your own sphere of influence, you can get involved. Just be, keep your eyes open for opportunities to stand up for what you believe in. Um, because I really think it's just going to take all of us in our own little way. Because this is my own little way. Like I'm a nurse. This is my sphere of influence. And this is my way of saying, you know what? This is enough. I don't want my kids to grow up in this country where they can't worship the God that they want to worship. Like that's not okay with me. Um, and I think we're all, we all just need to start getting involved. How old are your children? Six and eight. Has San Diego County uh, school district mandated the vaccine for children yet? So 
I, I don't believe it's a mandate now that it's it's approved, right? So I think they're vaccinating a million kids a day in America, but it's coming for us. Yeah, they haven't given us a date or of any of like the specifics, um, but I will definitely not be vaccinating my kids. They're not at risk. They're not at risk for dying from COVID. This isn't smallpox. Um, my kids are have an amazing immune system. They We've been out in the public this whole time. They could have very well, all of us could have gotten COVID and not known it. The thing is, if you want to get your kid vaccinated, that's totally up to you. But you don't tell me I have to get my kid vaccinated. That's my choice. This is my family. That's the big argument with everybody. I think the majority is thinking that way. And even, Tori, those who are vaccinated think that way. Those who are vaccinated don't want the freedom taken away. They don't want to show a car to travel or eat or whatever. That is like that everywhere. So if they do mandate this for kids, what are you going to do? Well, I'm hopeful that they will allow personal exemptions or religious exemptions, but I actually homeschooled my kids last year because I didn't want to deal with all of the online shenanigans and my kids staring at a screen the whole time. And so I'll probably homeschool them. And I, I just, like, if people are listening and they're afraid of homeschool, I have to say it was such a gift. My, I, have a, I have a relationship with my kids now that's pretty unique. I think it, I wouldn't be this close with them if or know them in the way that I know them if I hadn't had that opportunity to homeschool them. So it's definitely, and I think there's going to be options too. There are so many people that are going to be looking for alternative education um, face of these mandates. And so I think maybe something really amazing could come out of this. So we kind of just have to be get creative and see and see where it takes us. How'd you homeschool with all the work and through a pandemic and all that? How'd you find the time? You just make the time. But you know what's amazing is I, my kids were probably in school like two hours a day. So it's different. Like you don't have to. There's so much extra stuff that happens in school that and it's and it's nice because people need to work. So, you know, they do. The kids do need to be there. And then the socialization piece of it and everything. But we got up, we grinded and then we would go have fun the rest of the day. And it's actually kind of interesting because I had so much time to myself. I actually didn't know what to do with myself because I was pouring into my kids, right? I was making them a priority, spending time with them, trying to make school fun for them, like really get, see where they're at and um, meet them, meet them where they, where they need to be met in terms of their education. But my relationship with them was awesome because they felt that their needs were being met. They didn't feel like their mom, like that special time with them that we all try to fit in basically at dinner after, after school and after school activities, I had all day with them. And so actually when school was done, they were like, bye mom, we want to go play with our friends. We want to go play with our toys. We were kind of done talking to you. So I had, (laughs) I had, so on my off days as a nurse, you know, um, I had all this time to, I actually kind of do some freelance writing for um, health and wellness in the health and wellness arena. I had actually so much time um, to do that. And so, yeah, it's kind of, it's not what you necessarily would think it is. And you just, I, I, they made them call me Mrs. Jensen. I put on glasses. So I was like, I'm Mrs. Jensen. This is my classroom. Excuse me, please raise, sit down, raise your hand. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's say another hospital calls you and says they're not mandating the, the, uh, the vaccine shot. You go and work for them. I think eventually I love working in the hospital it's like, it's so I played, I grew up playing sports. And so I love the whole team thing. It is such a team environment. It's fun and it's amazing. And you get to help people along the way. So I actually am really, I'm really going to miss that in the, in the moment. Cause I work with amazing people 
um, I have this like sweet little group of friends at work and I'm going to miss them. So I, in the short term, no, I don't think I'm going to go jump back into a hospital, especially because I mean, they might be accepting religious exemptions right now, but who knows what's going to happen in like a month. I don't really want to be in the same position I'm in right now. So I'm going to just wait on it a bit and see kind of where that takes me. But yeah, we're, hospital work is is amazing. It, it blesses my life, truly. What about a lawsuit? Have you thought of suing the, the hospital? Yes, actually, um, a bunch of Kaiser employees were we're suing for in on our um, religious beliefs. Yeah. So that we'll be going public with that soon. But yeah, they need to be held accountable Good. for what they're doing to us. It's Good. illegal. Yes. hundred percent illegal. Have you received any hate or is it, or is it mostly love? Oh my gosh, Mike, I did. I have, I've gotten a lot of hate, but you know, it's funny. Like I, I'm still trying to be a mom, right? I'm still trying to balance my, make it like normal for my family. So I don't read like all the comments. I, I tried it. I have, gotten hundreds though of emails um i set up like a little landing page called walkstairs.com so that people could come and tell me their stories and just get information because i'm trying to my ultimate goal is to connect people who've been displaced from this mandate not just healthcare workers but all kinds of employees with employers who are not requiring the vaccine or who are accepting religious exemptions because there's going to be thousands of people displaced from this. And so I kind of want to spread that message of hope. Like, Hey, you come here, you can find job postings. Um, like you get fired on a Thursday, Friday, you can come apply for a job knowing that these companies are, you're not going to have to deal with this, but that's in its very infant stage. So be praying for that just because I feel like I want to meet this need and to tell these stories. So I have had, I did though. So I signed up for TikTok. Like I never had a TikTok before, but my, my girlfriend, she's like, you need a TikTok. You need to tell your story. And so I signed up for it and I searched myself. And the first thing that came up was this guy who made a whole video about me being a Karen. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I was oh like, I've made God. it. You made it. I was just going to say, you made it. I've made it. I've made it. Some stranger in another state just made a whole video about me being a Karen. I was what like, I have made it. Yeah. I know. And then, and then my husband, who's like, he literally should be a jingle writer. He's like, he's missed his calling. I'm like, you could make way more money being a jingle writer. Maybe, maybe, you know, someone in LA, they hook up. He's like, Hey, he goes, you know what? Karen's care. Yeah. Karen's are the ones Karen's care. Mm. Karen's call HR. Karen's demands to hear from HR. You know, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Why did you cut in line? I'd like to speak yeah. with the manager. Excuse me. I feel like there's an injustice happening here. I'd like to speak with someone about it. Like Karen's care about freedom. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, Karen's. I- I'm happy to be in that category. I'm, I'm going to try to change the narrative there because you know Karen's care. Never thought about that. That's not a bad T-shirt, by the way. Karen's care. I know, right? Put your face Karen's on there. Care. Karen's care. I like it. Karen's care. Hey, yeah. walk, walkstairs.com. Tell me about it. So I, I don't know if you've seen my whole video, but at the end of the video, I walked the seven flights up to my, of the parking garage up to my car because we park on the top so that all the family members and the patients can park on the bottom floor. I also park there so I don't forget where my car is. That's just a side note. But early on in the pandemic, I had a really bad shift and I'm walking to my car and I'm about to get on the elevator to the seventh floor because I just did not feel like walking those stairs. And a little voice was like, hey, walk the stairs. And I said, no, thank you. I will take the elevator. And then a little voice was like, walk the stairs. So I said, okay. All right. When you yell at me twice, like, okay, I'll listen. So I walked the stairs and I get to the top and I had this overwhelming 
like sense of peace. And God was like, Hey, you need to walk these stairs after every shift to remind you that this place can't break you. This place can't break you. COVID can't break you. I mean, nursing is a hard job prior to COVID. Like it's just, it's just one of those things. It really challenges you personally because you have to show up every day and kind of put your own stuff aside to take care of other people. And so ever since then, just symbolically, just as a kind of like pump up for myself, like this place can't break me. I walk the stairs. So at the, <laughs> I look at the security guard and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to walk the stairs. I'm like, hey, are you good with that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and so, but basically I, I'm asking, I'm hoping people will walk the stairs with me and I want to tell your story hmm. because I think that this is a really unique moment in time, this the piece of history that we all need to look back on and to capture these stories, like these stories of these people that are uh, suffering because of these mandates, they need to be told. And I want to tell your story. So email me at walkstairs.com. Um, I'm, I haven't quite figured out the details yet, but I am going to tell our stories. Uh, I always take the stairs. That's that's interesting. And tell me what I should do then. How do I how do I contribute to this? Well, first of all, in your own sphere of influence, Mike, which I think you are doing, you're giving um, people like me a voice. I think you need to decide what matters to you, and you need to walk the stairs when it's time. When you're faced with that decision, do you take the easy road? Do you take the elevator, or do you do the hard thing and walk the stairs? So that's the first thing. And then, if you want to support what I'm doing, there's a Venmo there on walkstairs.com. But also, really, just pray. I'm praying that God moves in a big way and to does a, a miraculous healing that all the stuff that we think that is like sad and terrible that he makes for good. So I, do, I just want to spread that message of hope that the people out there that are dealing with this, you're not alone. Yeah, I love it. The tide, the tide is turning and I can feel it. And I, I think you can too. And a lot of other people can too. I don't think we're standing up for this. There's, there's too many uh, of us uh, that will not stand for this. Freedom is too important to our, ourselves, our families, our country, and and to take freedom away from the United States of America, I I don't think that's going to happen. What's your best advice to those who are dealing with this same issue at their workplace? Oh gosh, you know it's tough because, like I said, I'm I feel really fortunate. My husband still has a job at this time. I just truly think that you're whatever you do, you need to be okay with it. So you're never going to regret standing up for what you believe in. So whatever that may be, I would just encourage you to do that. Yeah. Everybody's circumstances are different. Like you said, that poor single mother doesn't have a choice and they basically forced her to take it when she didn't want to, because she's got a family to feed. And so yeah. every, everybody's circumstance is different. That, that, that's, uh, that should not be this way. Tori, thank you so much for, for taking the time out to do this. I am so happy for you. You are blessed. Uh, you're going to continue to be blessed and uh, keep in touch. And, and again, thank you so much. And, and I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. You've done some really big things already. And I think this is just the beginning to something really big. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Wild times, huh? Crazy, crazy stuff. Good for her to walk out, obviously. Uh, if you believe in something, you go for it. And thankfully, like she said, for her, she's able to. And unfortunately, like the single mother who has no choice but to continue to be employed and continue to um, follow the rules, those rules she doesn't agree with because she doesn't have a choice because she's supporting herself and her family. It's just, it's not right. It's not, it's not right. Um, I hope 
the lawsuit uh, comes down and, and hurts Kaiser Permanente, and I, and I hope it wakes uh, everybody else up because, again, this has nothing to do with the virus itself. It's got nothing to do with the virus itself, okay? Sorry, but I'm really not. Please, again, share this episode with two friends, and please, when you have 30 seconds, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars. I would appreciate it. Some more exciting news. Jen Peters, who is now friends with Tori Jansen, is coming on the show, uh, episode 65, uh, the next episode. And she is another nurse who walked out, who her picture went absolutely viral. She went from 200 followers on Instagram to nearly 45,000. Her picture of her shoes and her badge have nearly 1 million likes. She's going to be on next week, uh, two weeks from now, and we'll we'll talk about that, her experience, how that all went down as well. Thanksgiving, I won't talk to you until then. Thanksgiving is a pretty special holiday. I don't know if I offended anybody by by wishing you guys a happy Thanksgiving. I'm not sure if I did or not. It's it's wild, man. It's a wild world. Uh, You got to really tiptoe around everything nowadays and i think thanksgiving is one holiday that everybody can celebrate right i think we should all be thankful for a lot of things in life but who knows it also could be a holiday that uh people still get offended by (laughs) i don't know but anyways sit around with the family your close friends enjoy it as much as you can Uh, We're here and and we're not. So just uh, do the best you can and just take that holiday in and be thankful for the things that you have. How about that? You can follow me on social media, mostly Instagram, Miked Up Pod. Thanks again to Tori Jensen for coming on, spending some time. Incredible interview, incredible episode. She's an incredible person. Looking forward to Jen Peters as well in two weeks. I am Mike Gabriel. This is Miked Up Pod. Until next time, folks, no wasted days. Let's go.